This show brought to you by Circle of Seven Productions, www.cosproductions.com. Please be sure to subscribe and welcome to our circle. Hello, everybody. This is Patricia W. Fisher with Readers Entertainment Radio, and it is May 20th. So I know a lot of you have just congratulated graduates from graduating college with their bachelor's, master's, and PhDs, and even associate's degrees. And, you know, congratulations. Uh, Welcome to a new, interesting, exciting phase of your life and world. So good for you. And it's also uh, close to high school graduations. And so congratulations to the graduates across the country. I know that um, everyone's pretty excited about this, also this new adventure in life. It's also Skin Care Awareness Month. So if you don't already, um, go to the American uh, Cancer website and it'll have a thing for skincare and there's ABCDs of what to watch for for different you know freckles and different things that uh, just to make sure for skin exposure and such uh, you want to get that checked because I actually had um, a surprise last year I had a melanoma you know it's not enough going on in the world um, and uh, ended up having a melanoma on my back um, luckily we caught it very early so um, the, the procedure they did was able to get it the first surgery, um, which is nice, Um, but I would recommend making sure you go in every year to your dermatologist and um, make sure that they check you out and see if you got anything concerning, uh, what to watch for. It's also asthma month, which seems weird because it's May. Uh, You'd think there'd be more asthma month awareness in um, the fall uh, when it's colder, but um, needless to say, asthma is a year-round thing, so be sure and be uh, checking with your doctor. Make sure you're doing okay on that. And it's also National Foster Care Month, which is something that's very near and dear to my heart. As our younger two, we got um, um, them, let's see, they walked through our front door nine years ago this month, and we were able to adopt them six months later. So believe me, if you anybody has any questions about foster care, please ask them. There's groups called Uh, There's a group called Together We Rise, and there's plenty of other sources, really good, reliable sources about foster care. Or you can shoot me an email at patricia at patriciawfisher.com, and I'm glad to answer any questions you have or send you in the direction of those who know far more than I do. Um, But we also, in this month, is there's a tons of books to read, and we are lucky to have an amazing author who she's coming back. She was here not too long ago, and she's come back to talk to us again. So Laura Heffernan is the award-winning international best-selling author of fun, witty, romantic comedies and more serious women's fiction. After a few years of practicing law, she realized she much preferred arguing with her characters rather than real people, which is, you know you're always going to win if you argue with the characters. Uh, somewhat. <laughs> it's easier to win that way when not watching Total Strangers Get Married, drag, racing, drag racing queens, or cooking competitions. Laura enjoys board games, travel, Uh, board games, baking, and board games. And she lives in the Northeast with her husband and the world's most active toddler and two furry little beasts. Some of Laura's favorite things include goat cheese, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Slayer, Battlestar Galactica, the Oxford comma, and ice cream. And mind you, the Oxford comma is in there in her list that she sent to me um, just now. Not (laughs) altogether. And the best place to find her is on Twitter where she spends far too much time tweeting about writing Canadian Chocolate, Board Games, and Reality TV. Her latest release, Sightseeing, is out now. And you can find, find Laura at her website, Facebook, Goodreads, Twitter, Amazon, and BookBub. And all those links are in the write-up of the show. Welcome, Laura. How are you, my dear? Thank you. Oh, that is 
quite a mouthful. <laughs> I'm listening to all that. Yeah, my bio is getting long. It <laughs> is, and I'm always grateful well. for coffee in those situations. Like we were talking about before the show started, is like coffee's always the magical, the magical fruit there. So we we always appreciate coffee. <laughs> I have a full mug right here, and yeah, it's yes. Exactly what I needed. So thank you for having me back. I had a really good time last time I was here. Yeah. Oh, I think we had going back to our conversation, and apparently it was around election night, so we were. It was. But (laughs) we were. Oh, how times have changed. (laughs) It has, you know, and I, I, I I have talked to a bunch of different people, and you know, I'm going to keep it as surface as on the surface as possible regarding a political thing, but. it, I have to say a lot of people I've talked to who were just, you know, diametrically opposed to what I would vote for, a lot of people are like, you know, things are kind of going back to normal and people are, you know, it's uh, it's not too bad. You know, that's that's uh, okay. We'll, we'll give it a try. You know? So really that's what you kind of hope for is people, everyone kind of settles down a little bit and, and sees that there's there's different ways to do things. So that's always good. I am in there? a new house. Oh. <laughs> Can you hear me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry. Um, I said, no worries. I'm in a new house since I last talked to you. I have a new identity. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. So I see that new identity, and I was I was looking at it. So tell me about your new identity here. So Ada Bell is um, a mystery author. She writes paranormal cozies. Um, this really. It really dates back to when I was a little kid, and my mom used to watch Murder, She Wrote with me every Sunday night, um, followed right. by Matlock, possibly not on the same day. I don't remember. Right. Um, but we watched all of that. Um, my school library had, I think, four or five Nancy Drew books, and I would go every day and check out one, and I just kind of rotated um, because I love the Nancy Drew. And they, they, uh, I get the Bobsy twins. I get all those. Uh, Trixie Belden, and then one day I found out they were all written by the same person, and that really changed my worldview, but that is a different story. Right. <laughs> yeah, the Hardy so Boys, Nancy yeah. and Trixie Belden, all the same person. I had no idea. Yeah, I just blew yeah. my mind, I'm sorry. Well, you know, it's, um, it's it's fun to see those mysteries, and although it's interesting because um, like Murder, She Wrote, people are like, oh, it's really lighthearted. And, and you think, yeah, but people die every episode. It's like, it's not, well, okay, sure. Um, it's not right. bloody. You know, it's not, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Well, that's, I'm writing like funny books where people die. Yes. Yes, it does happen, for sure, in real life. Um, I used to like, um, oh, what was that? Dick Van Dyke had one. Uh, he was like a doctor. I'm trying to remember. I used to love that show. Um, trying to remember. Um, and then, yeah, I, I, and, and I, I really liked that show. It was Mark Sloan. It was Dr. Mark Sloan. His, his son was in the show with him, Barry. And um, it was like on Friday nights or something for a while. So, But it was similar to like Murder, it, She Wrote. I can't remember what it was called. Yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna to have to Google it here in a minute, but it was fun. I mean, it was it was in the medical field, obviously, so you had a little bit of a different angle on it. But it was kind of like you know, Quincy was the medical examiner, and that was with Jack Klugman during the '70s, and then um, mm-hmm. yeah, then you had Murder She Wrote, and then um, oh, what were some others? But yeah, but a lot of it, it's 
it wasn't as twisted of a story as Agatha Christie's, you know, growing up, but um, it was definitely something to solve. So, yeah, keep people guessing, keeping pulling that thread of who did it. Right. My favorite part was always figuring out the answer. Right. Um, I really I like Encyclopedia Brown for that reason, because you could skip to the back and find out find the solution. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I will admit uh, I may have done that once or twice. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I... All that stuff. I love all those mysteries. And um, about a year ago, actually before COVID hit, around the same time, I started doing murder mystery puzzles. I discovered uh-huh. those. Um, yeah. So you get a you get a puzzle, and you actually some of them there's no picture on the box. You don't actually know what the puzzle's going to look like. But then there's a story oh. in it, and you read the story, and somebody dies in the story, and then you put it together. You put the puzzle together, and then the answer to the mystery, if you don't skip ahead, <laughs> the answer right. to the mystery is in the puzzle. Um, so I was doing a bunch of those, and it just kind of, I think that kind of helped me realize, like, how much I love all that stuff, all the puzzles. The writing mysteries is just a different kind of puzzle than reading them, because I have to oh, for sure. make it tricky and think about it. Um, Did I mean, when you're writing it, I guess everybody goes through when they're writing a mystery, and it's just like any story is, well, this is going to be totally obvious, um, but then it's not. I mean... How do you navigate that? I do have that issue. I have a friend that I'll, I will send her all of every, every book. And I say, okay, is the murderer really, really obvious? And also, is it completely out of left field? And her response is always, right. you know, it can't be both those things, right? <laughs> but as an author, right. that's what we worry about. Right. Um, yeah. One thing I've tried um, is not deciding in advance who the murderer is. So I try to write it so there are multiple plausible plausible characters. Sure. Um, I am not sure. a plotter. Um, I keep a very detailed spreadsheet of what I've already written, but I usually don't plan stuff in advance. Um, so okay. that helps. If I don't if I don't know who the murderer is and I need it to look like it could be A, B, C, or D, then that helps a little. Um, but I do have readers tell me, like, okay, well, on page 12, I thought it was this person. I say, okay, well, that's not good. So I need to change. I need to either change what happened on page 12 or make the killer somebody else. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Well, there was. I was talking to my kids last night about um, TV and these different crazy cliffhangers that people used to do. Um, mm-hmm. Because, <clears throat> and we were, I think we were watching Arrested Development or something, and they were like, no, don't end it on, because we had just finished season one. And they're like, no, we can't. Uh-huh. I'm like, it's 8 o'clock, go to bed. Um, but <laughs> they, we were talking about cliffhangers, and I said one of the biggest ones, what growing up for me was who shot Jr. And I was trying to explain to them how this played out. And, and it was just like people were talking about it for months. And it was funny because the idea, and I'm sure you have it in your books too, is, oh, well, the first person that gets arrested, well, it's not them. So when Sue Ellen gets arrested, everyone's like, oh, well, she didn't do it then. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone had been guessing all summer. And it's like, oh, no, it's not her then. Um, so yeah, it it was I'm very interesting to. You. Oh no worries. Uh, I we were my husband been talking about those cliffhangers, right? <laughs> but, yeah, we were, we were talking about those cliffhangers, and then and then my daughter, my oldest, said, "Was what was was that the same show that like um, they killed somebody and then they brought him back after um, like he was in the shower the whole season?" <laughs> I was like, "Yes, it was terrible." People were so mad. I thought it was a dream. He was in the shower? <laughs> yeah. 
it's a dream. I said, well, they at least could have put him in like a coma or something, you know, like it's interesting, like she'd been in a coma, worried about it all the time. But no, she was just asleep. It's like, oh, come on, guys. So, um, but, you know, this is maybe why I'm not a TV writer. I'm not sure. But, um, but yeah, I think that's that weaving of the story and who's, who's doing what. Do you, do you find that when you go through your first draft and you've gotten it all kind of flushed out, because um, you've got three books under Ida Bell right now, and you've got a fourth coming out in December. Mm-hmm. Um, you get to the end, and then you start adding the little nuggets of information. Or do you are you able to just kind of flow through it, and you know decently well how you're going to plant those little clues? No, I always need to go back and plant the clues. Okay. Um, sometimes I need to change the clues completely. Um, mm-hmm. The the sightseeing that I actually changed, I rewrote the ending from scratch like three times. So then I had to go back and change lots of stuff. Uh, I, oh yeah, sure. I had breadcrumbs pointing at things that weren't there anymore. Oh right, okay, yeah. So I mean, you have to like double check and triple check yourself to make sure you haven't sent them in the wrong direction. On well, I mean, right. obviously you have the red herrings, but I mean, right. you don't want to send them too far off. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So why? do a different pen name for the Cozies versus um, your your regular name for the others? I spent a lot of time trying to, to decide what to do. Um, one reason is just that my romantic comedies are largely traditionally published, and so I have that separation. Oh, I see. Um, but uh-huh. the Cozies, too, it's just easier. You know, you have a separate newsletter, so the people who only want to hear about the mysteries only hear about the mysteries, and the people who only want right. to hear about the rom-coms only hear about the rom-coms. Um, so that was a lot of it, too. Um, and some of it just has to do with Amazon's algorithms. If you go to buy a mystery, you don't want to see that everybody who bought it also bought kissing books. You want to see other mysteries they read. Oh, interesting. Okay. So it, okay. So it keeps that clean. I mean, my mom's always going to mess that up. Thanks, Mom. <laughs> I love you. But uh, <laughs> I get the weirdest also boss when she is, and that's fine. <laughs> right. But in general, it does help to to have people who like mostly that genre um, as the ones who show up. So the fact that. Wow. You know, I didn't even consider that. Um, yeah, because if you, like, oh, she writes this too? Well, let me throw this down. You know, okay. So keeping that separate. And I guess, too, it's just a different reading demographic. I mean, like you're saying, they're going for the cozies because they know what to, exactly what to expect out of a cozy. So right. um, just a little bit of a difference. Now, so you've got this character. How did she come about? How did you create your main character? She just kind of came to me. I don't even really, really know um, where Allie first originated. Um, probably taking long walks early in the pandemic when that was all we could do. Yeah. Um, right. but she kind of revealed herself to me over time. Like at first I was just thinking about, you know, what if somebody could touch objects and see things and, oh, well, you know, what if she doesn't believe in any of that? And it just kind of went from there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she's a bit younger just because that tends to be, uh, it seemed to fit her. I almost feel like I don't think of my characters. I meet them. Like she just, she revealed herself slowly to me and that's who I found. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting because people who don't write or don't write fiction or or what have you, um, you, 
I've had so many conversations with fiction authors and saying, well, you know, the, the characters will tell me, they'll talk to me, they'll do these things, they'll reveal themselves like you're saying. And people who are, don't write that to just look at you like, are you, do you need help? <laughs> it's like there's something, something we don't know. Um, and it's that, no, they really, they do. They, they slowly will tell you, tell them, tell you who they are. Um, probably at times that you can't write anything down. Right, usually when you're in the shower or driving. I find that those are where I get most of them. Uh, (laughs) At least now, thanks to technology, I can use Siri to leave notes for myself while driving. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's it's pretty funny to read them sometimes later because what Siri writes down is often not remotely related to what I thought I was saying. (laughs) Right. Yes, the computers are going to take over the world. So much for, you know, voice text recognition. It's like, that's not what I said. Um, so, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I think it's fun to come up with these, these new characters and have them create these little nuggets of, of themselves, each book, um, and to see what's going on. So tell me, you've got these three books right now that are out. And the first one's free, correct? The Shady Grove Mist- Psychic Mystery, the first one, Mystic Pieces? It is free through June 1st. Okay. Um, so just okay. the timing is happens to be free right now. I decided to, to do that to celebrate book three coming out. So then I'll probably make it free sure. again around the time book four comes out. Okay. So you have Mystic Pieces, then you have um, the, the Scary's the, the Limit. Scry. The Scry's the, scry. the Limit. Thank you. That's my dyslexia kicking in. I couldn't pronounce that. Um, and now you have Sightseering, which is out now. And that just came out Monday. Yep. Okay. So how many books do you anticipate you're going to write for this? Are you just going to keep writing as long as she talks to you? Uh, hopefully, yes. Uh, currently, <laughs> I have five books planned out. Okay. And then I have a couple of ideas beyond that. And so it'll... Okay. I mean, the next one's not coming out until the end of the year. So I assume that by the time I finish book five, I will have more ideas. But I have Probably. like yeah. five really um, like set up as like a package. Um, there's... So we have the the murder of the week, right? The sure. Um, the big mystery that Allie's solving, but there's also the overarching backstory mystery where she's trying to solve the death of her sister-in-law. Okay. Uh, so my intent is that that will be resolved in book five. Okay. So that's gonna it almost creates almost like a TV series, right? Like this is like season one, and then um, in book six we would try and. Ideally, I would bring in another big mystery to oversee everything, and then right. um, and that would be like another four or five books. I feel like that's where you see that I just watch too much Buffy because they always have the big villain who takes over the whole season, and then the the monsters of the week that they're fighting. Right. Um, but I also really like <laughs> yeah. that setup. I like the way one book will lead into the next because of the stuff. Like, Allie's learning about her powers, and every time she learns about her powers, that helps her figure out a little bit more about what happened to her sister-in-law. Right, right, and just peeling back those layers, for sure. Right. Well, it yeah, I, I mean, you're right. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, how do you – so you've got all this stuff going on. How do you keep it um, organized? Like, do you have a spreadsheet? Do you have, like, notes everywhere? I mean, how do you keep the consistency going? I actually have a spreadsheet and notes everywhere. <laughs> so I have Okay. Um 
I have just a document where I just throw stuff down. Um, and part of that is because, like, if I'm out walking, I can use, like, voice recognition to speak and hopefully come up with something that I will remember later. Um, sure. Or sometimes, like, if I'm on the treadmill, I can just type in some notes. So I have that. Nice. Um, and then I have um, a multi-multi-tab spreadsheet with everything. It's got all the characters. It's got descriptions of all the places, all this, um, the blurbs for every book the blurbs for books I haven't even written yet that I'm hoping to write, what I want to happen. Um, I track when everybody dies because I don't want to forget. I don't want to bring back a character who's gone. Right, right. You have to know Um, if there was a body found or not, if they just disappeared or if there was an actual body because you don't want to bring somebody back who actually died and, yeah. (laughs) Right, right. And, I, you know, how many books has this character been a suspect in because I don't want, you know, poor Thelma to be a suspect in every book. Or maybe I do. I don't know. <laughs> right? Know? Right. We don't know. Someone might be hiding more than we think. <laughs> it could be like House, where they always think it's lupus, and it never is. Like, But you don't know. I don't want to do that. Right. Um, right. So, yes, I have – of course, now I'm looking for the spreadsheet, and I can't find it, which is probably concerning. But it is very <laughs> impressive. It is a, the, the most in-depth spreadsheet I've ever created, because I'm generally not a plotter. I usually right. just – let it flow. Right. Well, and I mean, but with series, it's just, there's no avoiding it. I mean, you just can't keep track of, I mean, I can't. And then I know there's people that do. Um, I remember going to a RWA conference years ago in Atlanta and Beverly Jenkins and Brenda Jackson did the presentation and both of them have written these huge series, right? Multi-generational, mm-hmm. you know, back into the 1800s up to present day and everything. And um, they talked about their process and both of them had very different processes. Um, but Brenda said even that slips through sometimes because, you know, she'll have her, she knows exactly who your characters are. And then um, something in book three and then book eight she's changed an eye color or something to spare something very innocent. Um, and right. she says readers know they, I mean, it, she said it made it through like her editor copy editing. I mean, everybody and her, and then it got to print and then readers were like, no, he has green eyes. And it's like, Oh God, crap. So, so um, yeah. That needs to... Right. right. Oops. No big deal. <laughs> So yeah, it was it was interesting who keeps how people keep track. Um, do you use just like Excel or do you use OneNote? Or I'm, I'm asking because I'm trying to figure out for myself how to right. organize my stuff. So yeah, I'm a macro, so I use numbers, but that's just their version of Excel that comes right. free. Um, right. Theoretically, all I would out, probably yeah. use I would probably use Google spreadsheets if I didn't have a Mac because I can oh, access it from okay. any device. Yes. Although, I mean, maybe exactly. you could do that with Excel. I don't know. I'm sure you probably can. <laughs> but um, Yeah, yeah. I, I think Google Sheets is a, supposed to be a little bit easier. Um, and I do have – I tried Trello to keep, like, a, like, for scheduling stuff to keep me on okay. track. Um, last year, I, I think at the, like in December, I sat down not last year, at the end of 2019, I sat down and I plotted out everything I was going to do in 2020. 
and every book okay. I was going to put out and all the things. And I had checklists and it was beautiful. And can you believe that most of that didn't wind up happening? <laughs> Crazy stuff. Well, you know, I've done that before too and like had this really brilliant day of, of you know productivity of everything's organized, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then like 10% of it happened. But I, I think that for a writer brains, um, it, you have to get that out. I mean, you just have to like have this burst of productivity and to know to, I don't know, to know in what direction you're planning to go maybe. And then you can get it all yeah. on paper and then it's like, okay, now I can, you know, do what I actually plan to do. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Sometimes so, I need to just be able to say, okay, by May 31st, X has to be done. Because yeah. sometimes if I don't have a deadline, guess what? It's not happening. Uh huh. But yeah. then I, I created it all in. I did the same thing with ClickUp. I like Trello. I don't know why. Oh, because Trello doesn't let you do due dates anymore. Which, like that's the mm. thing that that gets me here. Um, but it was the same thing. I went in, I set it all up, and I made it all beautiful. And I have not logged in in probably sleep. Okay. Well, which you know it's there though, and that's Monday. good. You would think with a release on Monday, though, I would really be looking at my productivity and to do list, <laughs> but no. <laughs> Well, let's talk a little bit about a book you wrote called Anna's Guide to Getting Even. It's been nominated for a Roan Award for Best Audiobook. So um, tell us a little bit about that one, because that book was released last year, right? Uh, Yes, I released that at the beginning of last year, and the audiobook came out in the very end of March, same time as the book, Mm -hmm. around the same time. it's, that's one of that's women's fiction about a woman whose ex um, posts new pictures of her online. Oh wow! And, yeah, so it's, it's about revenge porn. It's not light and fluffy. It's, uh, it's it's pretty dark. It's very different than a lot of my other stuff. But it was, you know, I was just in a place when I wrote it, and that was, you know, things I was thinking about and just things that happen in the news. You know, you get influenced by yeah. stuff all around you. So. Um, but she, so, so Anna is not really happy with what happens and she, you know, she loses her job because image is really important. And, uh, so a lot of bad things happen and then it's about how she fights her way back. Um, and I found the most amazing narrator for Kel Baby and I just got so lucky to have her. Um, I was lucky. I got a lot of very good auditions actually. And I was worried how I was going to choose. And then Raquel came in at the end as I was about to to make my decision, I heard about four words. I thought, oh, this is this is it. She's on us. There, there was no question once I heard her voice. Right. So I was I was excited that in detail liked the book, but the fact that they loved the audiobook and the narration just made me even happier because I thought that Raquel did such an amazing job, and I'm really glad she's she's getting that recognition. Uh, so oh, the, for the, sure. the voting is now. All the books that were nominated came out in 2020, so they announced it I think in March. Right, um, and the if the voting is open all week. Okay, I think and actually so, um, for this particular yeah. book, if if it, the book wins, I think the award is actually going to be in Raquel's name, which is pretty cool. Because like I said, she she took a book that I'm very proud of and made it just something that I think is incredible. Wow, so it, it's you know it, one of those things I think that. I was talking about with my kids and my oldest is about to go off to college. And I, and we've talked about this a lot about, about be very mindful of what you post 
online because you know when I was in college, mm-hmm. thank God for you know the fact that people didn't have cameras everywhere. Um, because you do right. stupid stuff. I mean, you're young and you're figuring your life out. And you do stupid things. Um, but now it's just like it's imprinted forever. Um, and you just so for someone to get mad at you and put awful pictures of you that were supposed to be intimate and private. I mean, that's just right. that's just yeah. It, it happens. It happens all the time. Um, People so, make for it, and I, it's such a betrayal. Yeah. It, it's amazing to me how low people will go to hurt someone else. It was always like that already, but now we have this whole other layer or level mm-hmm. of disgusting, basically. Um, and, you know, of course it says something awful about the person who posted it, but nobody's thinking about that if it's two or three, four levels away from that. They're just right. seeing the pictures. So and so just, many people yeah. put the blame on the, the woman who let the pictures be taken, and that's, that's not what it's supposed to be about. You know, even right. the nude paintings back to the dark ages, you know, they found paint and charcoal or whatever. That's, that's not new. It's just the sharing. Yeah. And the way, I mean, again, it's, it's part of marketing. It's like how it's presented. So, oh, well, you know, she was blah, blah, blah. It's like, well, that doesn't mean you do that or, or even him, you know, and, and, there's whole, um, we were talking to our Girl Scout troop, and we're saying, look, there's people that when you go apply for a job, they Google you. They, I mean, they look you up mm-hmm. to see what kind of imprint you have in the internet, on the Internet. And if you've got something, you may be the best candidate for the job, but if you've got a bunch of weird stuff on your Instagram, um, yeah. you know, they're not going to hire you. So it's just, it's, it almost seems a little bit unfair in the sense of we all, like I said, we all do stupid stuff and you should have a private life and a business life, but it was, it was just easier to hide the private part now. And now it's just right. not. Um, it's even not if you, know, you were a bikini. On Instagram. Right. <laughs> like even if you like to nude sunbathe in your backyard and you're posting, you know, great day to nude sunbathe, you're not bothering anybody. But if you have someone that's right. going to hire you and they see that you've posted it, they're probably not, I mean, they may or may not be interested in hiring you. So, um, yeah, it's just, it seems like that level of privacy has just kind of been stripped away. But again, it's like people are hungry for the knowledge. Um, and so I think a lot of people have to realize that not everybody needs to see your business. So, um, and multi, it's definitely a balancing way. act. Mm-hmm. I know so many so when people you were writing, who are, go ahead. Go ahead. You said yeah, so many people, many people are, are surprised. Like they'll, they'll post pictures of themselves on Facebook, like smoking pot, and they're surprised that they get fired or something. Or people who even like post, I think people say really terrible things about their employers on their Facebook <laughs> or Twitter, and then get surprised when they're fired. It's like, well, they can see that your Facebook friends yeah. are lost. Like, you know, people they don't think about it though. You have to think about it. Now. That was I'm so glad well, that was a thing right. when I was younger. I was pretty stupid. Right. <laughs> well, well, y'all, I think we all are. And clueless. And, and, and there's, there's definitely a difference between clueless and stupid. But, I oh, mean, it, and yeah, I know there's been a lot of screaming uh, for, you know, a few years about, and even before, but more so in the past few years about, you know, First Amendment rights. And it's like, yes, you have the right to say what you want, but that doesn't mean you're free of consequence of what you say or post or, you know, whatever tattoo on your body. Um, You can say those things, but that doesn't mean everyone's going to agree with you and there are consequences to it. 
so yeah i mean um so it's it's very interesting uh the the power of the word and and how that plays so you you've been you you go from um you've had these really like cozy mysteries and then you go to this really like you're saying this darker topic how did you juggle that mentally i mean did you write all the way through one and then you're done and then you go to the next one do you go back and forth between projects how does that work for you i am usually juggling multiple projects at the same time um and sometimes it's it's actually easier I'm having a rough day to go to the darker project and then come, mm-hmm. you know, because sometimes you're just really not in the mood to write jokes or kissing. Uh, but right. I, I wrote Honest Guide actually a few years ago. Uh, it was it was sitting for a bit, um, going through revisions and stuff while I just decided what to do with it because I do have some traditional books and there's, you know, there's always decisions to be made which direction to take things in. Um, so I think when I wrote that, um, I don't remember if I was working on anything light and fluffy. I feel like there's actually a progression when my books got a little bit darker, a little bit darker, a little bit darker, and they get really light again. Um, right. But it, it just, it, you know, it's all about what's, what's influencing me, what I'm feeling, what's going on at the time. Um, I mean, to some extent, I think the mysteries may have just come out about because, you know, I was locked in the house for several months with a small child, and you start feeling stabby, and so you want to write it down. <laughs> Yes. You need a healthy outlet yes. for the feelings of rage that come with that situation. Right. Right. Yeah. I, it's it's definitely um it's definitely bordering on insanity for sure. Um but I mean that outlet is huge. And what is the feedback you've gotten from your readers about that particular book, Anna's Guide to Give It Even? Um, I've gotten some really good feedback from it. The the Rome or the the indie tale review was amazing and that made me really happy but even like friends of mine have said that they thought it was the best book I've written nice so that's always nice I mean they are my friends so but sure you know I, I usually I usually don't go to my friends and say hey what's my best book because I don't want to put them in an awkward position of saying well I don't read your book <laughs> um, yes right yeah if they go um let's see which one is your favorite and you're like yeah you didn't read them <laughs> and that's okay well I try not to do that Um, but I do right I know that some readers skipped it because it is darker I actually told my mom not to read it although I think she did okay she didn't comment on it I don't think my mom would approve of revenge porn well I don't approve of revenge porn it's a bad thing but you know what I mean so I just tell her not to read it because it is pretty dark um so I think it's just up to the reader to see what their tolerance level is. I think if people who enjoy my writing and are okay with darker topics will enjoy it. Um, you know, I try and put some humor in there, like like with anything, you know. But it, get, it gets dark, and then you tell a joke, and you pull it back a little bit. Because um, I personally, you know, if I put out a book, I'm going to read it a good 15 times. So sure. I, I need some levity in there just for my own sake. Oh, for sure. I mean, everything can't be completely dark. I mean, there's got to be, I mean, even when you watch any sort of uh, darker movies, there has to be a point of, of shift. You can't stay in that dark place the whole time. You just um, want right. to be bad and depressed. Yeah. 
Um, so yeah, it, I, yeah, I think the juggle would be interesting. Um, but you definitely have to be in the mood to write that, like you're saying. Um, so that outlet is good. So you've got um, you've got a few different series. So if if people are wanting something interesting, so you've got the push and pull series, women's fiction. You've got the gamer girl series. Ocean Dream, Oceanic Dream series, Reality Star series, and then um, you've got a flash fiction, and then this is this is all under the Laura Heffernan umbrella, and then you've got um, your Ada Bell series with uh, your cozy mysteries and our paranormal mysteries. So, you know, there's a variety of reads there for anybody who wants it. Um, what is your if you're you're working on fourth book for the Ada Bell series, what other projects do you have rolling? Um, I am re-releasing the Reality Star series, so that um, that's taking up a bit of time. I'm re- I got new covers for all of them, which are just adorable, and I love them so much, okay. but I want to print them on my walls. <laughs> but so I've been <laughs> rereading those, just not making major type changes, but just looking for typos, because if you're going to reformat them, you might as well make sure that they're there as free as you can get. Sure. Um, and I found some funny things, like in one of them, the main character says, well, nobody wears a watch anymore, and it's just because I wrote them before Apple Watches came out. <laughs> so I was like, oh, right. I'm going to cut that line. <laughs> yeah. Just, um, and I, you know, I'd completely forgotten that was in there. It was a throwaway line, but it, you know, it, it didn't work anymore. Um, so right. I'm almost done with that. I'm working on a couple more Alley books, and then I have a Royals rom-com that I've been working on that I'm hoping will be coming out soon. Okay. Um, And and then I've got a book that's been sitting on the back burner for a while. I call it the Um, anti-romance. It's more of an honest look at first love, um, but it it is light, but it's, it's not a romance. Uh, it's about so it's it's that's women's fiction and I'm, that will probably be coming out this year. A lot depends okay. on what is happening. Um, my son is about to start school, preschool all day, and that's going to open me up so much for so many things yeah. I want to work on that I haven't been able to get to in the past three years. Um, so it's amazing, yeah, the brain power that sucked away. I mean, you know, if if you don't say everybody's got their own thing, but it's truly impressive you know you were an attorney before um becoming a mom correct yes yes i was okay. yeah yes, I so still, i have my license <laughs> right and you and you still are exactly and so um but i don't think you know i was a trauma nurse and, and my husband was a pediatrician and and so we had done lots of overnights late nights you know lots of hours on call you you done the same you know reading and presenting and getting ready for cases and everything else but i don't think i have ever been so exhausted than i was no. the first year my kids were born um right. you really figure out how little sleep you can get by and still function now do you function well well, I think it's just like nope. your baseline, like lizard brain function. Um, right. But yeah, it's amazing how exhausted you are. Like beyond, beyond tired. So yeah, it's a whole different one set of, my, of challenges for sure. One of my friends said that the the reason she had two kids is because she was so tired that she forgot how tired she was the first one. <laughs> You're literally so tired, you can't form short-term memories, and you don't know how exhausting it is. I mean, she loves her kids; they're great kids, but I, I understand that feeling. 
Yeah. Yeah, I uh, I remember um I you know, you're up at all these weird hours and so I found out how often Three's Company was on TV land. That was one of the things I discovered. Um, it's on all the time. That's what the answer is, all the time. Um, all the time. Yeah. And it, it's interesting, too, because, you know, when they're first born, you're up a lot. And you are able to, like, function in those tiny hours. I think I figured out how tired I was at about six months because they start mm-hmm. to sleep longer. Like, they really start to, like, consistently sleep more or at least mine did, and um, okay, do then I? you get a little <laughs> bit more sleep. Right, and then you get a little bit more sleep, and then you realize how exhausted you are because you've been just basically running on fumes that whole time, and then you get that little, and you're like, oh, my God. <laughs> I've been driving well, a car. Thing hit, <laughs> one thing that hit me was when I realized I'd actually run out of books to read because oh, he yeah. was up all night nursing and so I was reading mm-hmm. you know you can't sleep while nursing because that's unsafe and also I just right. wouldn't you know um, so I would read on my Kindle and I was going through like a book and a half a night <laughs> like I was just, yeah you're up all night I, I really um, I reconnected a lot with my best friend who lives in California we didn't get you know the, the time difference is less when you're both up all night with your small children <laughs> yeah <laughs> that was nice yeah for sure. Yeah, it just it's just a different it's just a different part of the brain that you're using too. But now that you right. are getting this a lot of time, yeah, it will it will shift. I do know that the first day that I, we had two at the time and um when I took the younger to kindergarten, I walked out of the house and kind of sat in my car and I just started crying because I was just I thought, okay, great, it's going to be awesome. She's going to be at school. They're going to be at school. It's going to be wonderful. And then I sat in my car and just burst into tears. It's like, what do I do? And so I, I texted my brother who had gone through it, and he's like, okay, I want you to go get yourself a cup of coffee. <laughs> you're going to be fine. <laughs> it's like, yes, you're right. Um, so, yeah, it was, uh, it was just definitely an ch- adjustment. But you make it really well. It's like, oh, right, so now I have this day I can. So, so I, I anticipate that you'll probably be putting out, what, you know, four to six books a year now because you're just, like, cranking it. <laughs> I mean, hopefully that w- that was actually the plan for 2020. Um, yeah, I had some I had some backlist that was going to fill that out too. Um, so that was the plan. He he started preschool initially um, in mid January, which turned out was really bad timing because he only he, sure. you know, he went for a few weeks. Yeah. But so I remember on his first day, my I was leaving, and my husband said, "Don't get a speeding ticket on your way out of the parking lot." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I did not. <laughs> Slow down to 30. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> and, and we do. We like, like, you, know, I, you love your kids, but, yeah, you need the break. So, yeah. Yeah, you need that, you need that time to be an adult human and not yeah. just a mom. Right. Yeah, that, that's, a, that's a very good point because you don't stop being all the things you were before, um, even though – the title of mom takes over, but you're still all the things you were before you became mom. Right. It was really eye-opening for me. I'm in a local mom's group, um, and one day I just posted on Facebook, like, hey, what is, what is, it, it is mostly stay-at-home moms, even though I work from home. I kind of fit yeah. in there, sort of. So I posted, you know, hey, what did you do before you became a stay-at-home mom? And the answers were amazing. Like, wow. Yeah. Yeah. We, we, I don't know what I thought people did before. Like they were just hatched as moms. I don't know. But like, yeah, yeah. They, were, 
you were a physical therapist and a psychiatrist and, you know, marketing and she writes grants for the States and like all this stuff, like, Oh, of course we did. (laughs) You get in your mom bubble where you you miss all that. And right. And I I think it's, I need to get out of the mom bubble. Right. And I think it's hard because I, um, a lot of times I think we have to stay there like 24 seven and it's like mm-hmm. you're saying, you know, you're going to use that time to get creative and get your books out. It, it's fine to step out of that bubble for a while and do what you need to do. Um, and you right. should. I think it makes you a better parent, you know, when you give yourself your brain, you give your brain back a little well, bit. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, well, this is, the time went very fast. So. Are we done? Um, I know. We are. Um, we're talking to you to get back to work. <laughs> I know, right? We can both get back to work. So if everybody's been listening, I've been talking to Laura Heffernan, a.k.a. Ada Bell. And Ada has a new book out um, right now for her uh, paranormal series. And you can find Laura at her website. And you can um, – Ada has a website, yes? Oh, I think she's done. Okay. So um, – <laughs> And I will put all the information and the links in the write-up of the show. Uh, the book that is out now is um, Sightseer, and we it will be out. And then, uh, I hope Laura comes back and talks to us again in, near the near end of the year because she's got a ton of stuff that's going to come out this year. I would love to come back. This has been great. Oh, yay. So this has been Patricia <laughs> W. Fisher with Readers Entertainment Radio. Everybody, keep on reading. This show brought to you by Circle of Seven Productions, www.cosproductions.com. Please be sure to subscribe and welcome to our circle.